Welcome to Junior L's and Now What? Topic episode 30, ultimate episode 69. So we're continuing with the the double bit communication theory that uh, we've been discussing now for this would be the third episode. And in the last one is kind of a quick summary or a quick recap. Um, I talked about the, uh, the, the two different types of communication. There's proactive, there's reactive. And then of those, the uses are constructive or destructive. In the last podcast, we specifically focused on uh, proactive, which is typically uh, involves an individual who has, for whatever reason, researched or found information and has chosen to share it. And so uh, this time, we're going to be covering reactive. Now, again, revisiting kind of the analogy here, uh, the double bit is in reference to an axe with two heads. Uh, They're usually not quite identical. They're similar, and they both can serve similar purposes, but they're just different enough that they can focus on slightly different jobs. But an axe, like many other things, can be used for two different types of purposes. One of them is constructive, like uh, chopping down wood to build a log cabin or something to that effect. Or it can be used in war to, to kill or harm other people and be destructive. So uh, communication can do the same thing. Um, so uh, to revisit the, the quote to kind of set the stage here, what if the only way to achieve Our or your maximum potential is to help everyone else achieve theirs. So as we're considering or contemplating this, we have to keep in mind that perspective is king or perception is king, meaning we may intend to communicate something, but the way it's received is, if not equally, maybe even more important than the intent behind it. And so we've got to keep that in mind as we're going. So, in discussing reactive communication, uh, reactive communication has all the same basic components as proactive as far as the constructive versus destructive. However, there's two kind of elements that make it somewhat separate. Uh, One element goes to something that goes to the uh, Eleanor Roosevelt quote, um, where she's talking about the three types of communication or levels. And in hers, the second one is uh, discussing kind of current events. Now, I don't necessarily want to rank it the same way or even rank it at all. Uh, Current events are important and they're relevant and they should be discussed. But uh, so this would be things like uh, where we're talking about, you know, hurricanes or wars or death or, you know, something tragic or even something great. Uh, You know, oh, cool. We built this new building that can do something amazing or we've got this new fantastic car. Hey, electric cars are finally starting to happen and we might be able to wean ourselves off of oil or, hey, somebody landed on the moon or there's a great new movie that came out. So these are all necessarily good or bad. Again, information is not specifically good or evil. And so this is just talking about how uh, reactive is typically a reaction to something. Now, the second thing that separates it from proactive is that it is largely a group thing. It's rarely something that is just an individual because usually when we're reacting to something, we're oftentimes trying to get or become part of a group of people having some kind of conversation. So having said that, what makes reactive communication, constructive versus destructive. Now, the same rules apply as on proactive communication, and I won't dig back into all of those again, but there are some other distinctions to reactive communication, especially as it pertains to the group element. 
So when we're talking about the group element, there's a lot of terms that are flown around. Uh, some of those are things like herd mentality or mob mentality or group mentality. And there's a much larger list that continues on beyond that. Some of them are simply talking about the way a group thinks when they're together. Some of them are talking about when um, a group is being driven together. There is, in one of my all-time favorite books, and this particular uh, thing I'm going to discuss is actually some of what drove me to come to this topic and have this discussion in the first place. So there's a series out there called the Wheel of Time series written by Robert Jordan. It's one of my favorite series out there. It's, uh, I guess you could constitute it as maybe high fantasy or epic fantasy. The first book in there is called The Eye of the World. And it is singularly one of my all-time favorite books in existence. Uh, It's fairly long, I guess, depending on your perspective. But it's got a great compilation of character development, um, uh, dialogue, plot, blah, blah, blah. It's just very good. And so not to ruin much of anything, but I want to explain a little brief moment that happens near the beginning of the book. Um, This takes place at the beginning of the book in a very small town. And the two main characters that you get introduced to are a father and a son. And uh, there's a person who comes into town who has news. And I'll say that it was bad news. And it begins to rile the people up and make them very upset. And so the father, who's a part of the town council, says uh, to, to this individual, why don't you come in and have this discussion with the town council so we can digest and discuss what you've brought to us. And the townsfolk are very upset and mad, but eventually uh, he takes him in and uh, and this, this town council takes this person in with this news and eventually the townsfolk dissolve and, and dissipate. Um, and, you know, and back and, and doing their jobs and what have you. And so later, the father and son are going back to their farm, which is a distance from town. And as they're leaving, the son turns to the father and says, why did you do that? We're all adults here. We can we can understand what this person is talking about. We can make sense of it. We can deal wisely with it. And the father said something very interesting. As individuals, we are wise or we have the potential to be wise. But as a group, sometimes we're stupid or some other adjective to that effect. And obviously, I'm not quoting it exactly. The idea is that sometimes when we have a group of people together, we don't always necessarily make the wisest decision. Some of that mob mentality sinks in or that herd mentality where that peer pressure is driving us to say or do things um, based off of what we think the rest of the group is thinking or wants to say or wants to do, even if it's not true. Um, There's been a lot of studies that I've researched about the idea of herd or group or or mob mentality. Um, Some of those studies were where they would take a a group of people and put them in a room together, but all of them have been given very specific instructions in a test on to say something is right that's really wrong. And then one person has been given no instructions, but they think everyone in the room is in the same boat. And that one person ends up falling in line with everyone else in the room and says that the wrong thing is right, even though it's obviously not. Um, This kind of goes to a a Star Trek episode where uh, Picard's been captured 
by uh, the Kardashians. And, uh, you know, it's it's the light bulb thing where there's some lights on a wall and uh, Picard is trying to be convinced by his captor that there's a different number of lights on the wall than what he's actually seeing. Uh, you know, peer pressure, torture, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it's kind of in a similar vein. So this goes back to the question of what separates the constructive versus destructive that's unique to this reactive communication in this double bit theory. And what it boils down to is the, uh, the, the, the drifting away from the individual. When you're part of a group, it's great sometimes to be part of a group. I mean, look at social media. Social media has the potential for greatness. Um, You have this capacity for easy communication, for easy interaction, especially during this time of the pandemic. Uh, Largely beneficial there. But here's another twisted, interesting uh, uh, test that was done where uh, they took a listing of posts for products, good or bad, and uh, they intentionally doctored some of them so that they'd have really positive or really negative results, regardless of the product's value, to see what people would do when they saw that. And what they found is that a huge percentage of people went along with the first ratings, regardless of what they thought about the ratings themselves. And so it's important for us to make sure that we're thinking for ourselves. Now, having said that, there's a distinction here that I would like to make, and and, and it's very, very important. People often use the term, don't be sheep. Don't just follow for the sake of following. It's often a a word used to describe people who are parts of a religion. Interestingly enough, One of the most important people who ever lived on this world was referred to as the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. So to say, don't be a sheep, I honestly think could be insulting. So I think that it's very important that we distinguish that from following people out of peer pressure. There's a huge difference there. Because when you have faith in something, you are making a conscious decision to believe in something, and then to act upon that belief. Now, if that thing you believe in chooses to go a different direction, you've committed yourself to that, and you're going to go that direction as well. If you want to call that being a sheep, so be it. But what it is, is that it is faith. It is belief in action. There is a big difference between the two. All right, so, and now what? There are three questions when we're talking about communicating in a reactive stand when it comes to this double bit theory that we need to consider. The first one is, are you following blindly because of peer pressure? Again, this goes to that kind of inversely proportionate perspective of saying when there's less of the individual thought and commitment to the understanding of why you're doing something, the greater the chances are that you're going to do harm. The same is true the other way around. The more thought you have into something and the more you understand and believe it, the less likely you are to do harm. That doesn't mean you can't intentionally do it. But remember, we're trying to understand that what we're communicating and how it affects the other person is how they're going to receive it, their perception. 
if you're walking into this blindly from the standpoint of peer pressure, more than likely you are not going to be able to see the impact of your communication from their perspective. So question one, are you following blindly because of peer pressure? Question two is, are you following because of faith? That's not necessarily bad. I would even argue it is rarely bad, if ever. The third one is, are you following because you truly understand and agree with the direction? Now, those last two are, I would argue, inherently more good than bad. In fact, I even go so far as to say almost always good. Now, you can use anything for bad, so we got to keep that in mind. And then, to capstone that is, is your communication intentionally or ultimately being received as something that is constructive or destructive? When it comes to the composition of all things in reality, we continue to try to look at the lowest level of the building blocks. What comes beneath the body? Well, it's the limbs. What comes beneath, or, you know, the skin. And then beneath the skin, there's the blood vessels. And beneath the blood vessels, there are the muscles. And beneath that, there's the bones. And, and it continues to go down. Beneath that's molecules. Beneath molecules, there's atoms. Beneath atoms, there's, and the list goes on. I would argue, now granted, science may or may not have proved this, but I would argue that the deeper we go, the more we realize there is no bottom to what composes us or composes anything. And what does this have to do with the statements I just made? The statements I just made is that when we're communicating, and most especially in the world of group or reactive communication, we don't ever have to be destructive in our communications, ever. Because constructive communication can still be an open discussion that continues to dig deeper and deeper and deeper. And that depth helps us to understand the other person, helps us to understand ourselves, and allows us the freedom to be able to truly understand enough to be able to come to a constructive conclusion. But the person who chooses to stop and not continue to try to understand and not continue to try to get to that end result that is where destruction can begin. And that is why it is so important we have to ask ourselves constructive versus destructive as we're having these conversations and how will the other person receive it. Have a wonderful week. Smile and be happy. And remember that you're worth it. And something to think about philosophically. If you're an optimist, you often view the class as half full. If you're a pessimist, you often view the glass as half empty. And if you're me, you just simply ask, is this what I ordered? Thanks for listening.